The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey girl, hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. You might know me from Sirius XM Radio. I mean, I was there for like 12 years after all, but then Howard Stern allegedly got jealous of me, so I had to leave. I was actually able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and start my own podcast, Taste of Taylor, which is now officially with Dear Media. I'm so excited to say that. Ha! So I promise you in this podcast, you're going to either learn about something, you're going to be inspired by someone that's like always coming from a perspective of like humor, then this is the place for you. I hope you enjoy this little snack. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Welcome back to Meaningful Living Podcast. I'm Haley here with my co-host, Jess. And today we're talking about the things we can do and feed our kids when they're sick. And this episode comes at a perfect time because we've just, we're just finishing about a week long sick period in our house. But I always figured that having sick kids, especially multiples would be hard, but never expected it would be this tiring. I literally feel like I have a newborn in the house again after these six days of sickness. But I think the most exhausting thing through all of it is just feeling helpless. I'm usually the person to put my kids to bed, not feel too badly if they cry a bit. But the minute they're sick, I'm in there rocking them to sleep, checking on them at all hours of the night, going back and forth in my head with, do I text my pediatrician, wake him up? Should I Google what level of fever is concerning? And it seems like almost immediately my kids stop eating or drinking, which is like the first sign to me. Totally. It's so rough. Parents come to me all the time asking for guidance because they want to help their kids, but there's just not enough clear and reliable information out there about what you can actually do besides just the snuggles or just waiting it out. So you've likely heard about the brat diet, but there are so many other helpful things we can do for a sick kid to ensure they're just getting that hydration and nutrition their body needs when they're sick to decrease those symptoms and the duration of the illness. So today's episode, we're breaking it all down from how to feed your kid when they have no appetite or can't keep anything down to our favorite natural over-the-counter remedies to help alleviate symptoms and duration of illness and what we can do when we see an illness starting. Whether you're currently having a sick kid at home or you're just getting over an illness in your house or knock on wood, you don't have a sick kid right now, we hope this episode leaves you empowered with easy and practical tips on how to feed and support your little ones during the inevitable coughs and colds and stomach viruses. So quickly before we get into it all, we just want to give a disclaimer that it's always important to loop your pediatrician in when you have a sick kid or when you have any medical concerns. Every kid is different. So loop them in before starting any new remedies. You make sure it works for your specific child and their needs. Okay, let's start with colds and cough because that is what we're dealing with right now with the start of flu season and cold season and everything season. And now with worrying about COVID in life, we want to know all your tips and tricks. Absolutely. So I think so many times coughs and colds, there aren't any prescriptions because they're viral infections. So it makes us, it just kind of leaves us a little helpless. So the goal is to get your kid as comfortable as possible. So always loop in your pediatrician. Like we said, it's really important to make sure there's nothing else going on. But my favorites are, I've got five of them. 
a cool mist vaporizer or humidifier. Love it. Saline spray, something so simple, but you could just keep that in the medicine cabinet, have it around, a snot sucker, steam showers, and golden milk. So we'll talk through each one of those. I think golden milk or turmeric milk or any kind of tea made with honey is such a simple trick that's so oftentimes overlooked. So I really want to break that down. Okay, let's start with a cold mist humidifier. So a humidifier, you want cold mist. You don't want it the hot ones where you heat it up where it's hot water in it because that is a burning hazard. Even if it's high up on a shelf, it can fall. So the cool mist ones are the ones that you want for babies and toddlers and kids in general. So a humidifier is so powerful. What it actually does is it loosens up all those secretions. They moisten the air. So there's less irritation in the air. So it can make those coughs and colds so much better. So that is something I say when you have a newborn, get a humidifier, keep it around. And it's just a nice handy thing to have. Mm -hmm. You talked about saline spray or saline drops. What about the boogie wipes? Do you ever use those? I do use the boogie wipes. So yes, love the boogie wipes. They're by Frida Baby. Saline spray is truly the most underutilized product for kids and adults. We don't use it enough. So what it actually does is you just basically spray, you either put some drops in their nose or you spray it into their nose. And it is just a natural way to pull kind of all of that mucus out. It just makes it kind of drip out. So most babies and kids don't know how to blow their nose very well. So the saline can get it going. So even for adults or kids with allergies, you can use a saline spray to kind of just wipe out all of those allergens and they come out. If there's a lot of snot going on, if it's a baby or a younger kid that doesn't know how to blow their nose, you can actually use that snot sucker. So the famous one is also by Frida. But what's great is that you can use the saline spray first to loosen everything up. And then you can use that snot sucker to pull it out. The thing I'll say about the snot sucker is you don't need to do it all the time. You want to do it kind of before a feeding or before they go to sleep. If you do it too often, it can actually irritate their nose. So I've definitely seen like overutilization of a snot sucker. So just use it in those times when you actually need it a couple times a day. So the next one, steam showers, it's something really simple. All you do is you basically turn your shower on as hot as it can be, close the door, and then you just bring your baby or kid holding them in there to help it open up. If you think about me or you, when we have a cold or we're congested, you get in the shower and it just opens everything up. So you don't want to overheat your kids. So limit it to 10 to 15 minutes. Don't bring them in so that the hot water can hit them. But steam showers is a really nice way. And last but not least, my favorite. So golden milk. Okay, let's talk about Lumino. If you didn't catch our conversation with Dr. Madahi a couple of weeks ago, go back and listen because he has the best tips for kids and adult oral health. And we both realized we were brushing our teeth wrong and our kids' teeth wrong. And after the conversation, we knew one thing for sure is that we had to rethink the toothpaste and dental products we're using for ourselves and our kids. And we are so happy with all of Lumino's products from their toothbrush to their toothpaste to their whitening products. I can tell you my teeth have never felt better. And I love being confident that the ingredients I'm using are promoting my health and not hurting it. So here's a myth we learned. All oral bacteria are bad. The truth is 98% of bacteria in our mouths are protecting us. So wiping them out does more harm than good. So what if there was an oral care product that did no harm? There is. Lumino is the first oral care line that's delicious and clinically proven to maintain good bacteria while cleaning, freshening, and whitening as well as the other guys without the harm. 
That's why they pronounce their name Lumino because it has no harsh bleaches, no artificial dyes, no alcohol, only delicious, hardworking ingredients that clean and freshen and whiten as well as the other guys without the harm. Introduce yourself to Lumino. They're dedicated to illuminating better ideas in oral care. Join us, be illuminating. Go to oralessentials.com and use the code living to save 15% off your first order. That's oralessentials.com and use the code living to save 15% off your first order. Now let's get back to the episode. So all golden milk is, is it's turmeric milk made with honey. So honey is a natural antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory. And research has shown that it actually alleviates coughs and colds even more so than many of the over-counter medications. So it coats the throat, it alleviates that inflammation, and it's actually been clinically proven to decrease coughs. So the reason I like turmeric, so all golden milk is, is milk, turmeric, just a pinch of black pepper, if if you put that in there and honey. And what it basically does is it helps it so that kind of breaks that cough cycle. And it's so anti-inflammatory to kind of calm everything down. What kind of milk do you use? It's like almond milk or milk or something? Any milk you want. So whatever milk your kid drinks, you can just think about it as as another beverage. You can do almond milk, you can do regular milk, really any milk that your kid does, you can do. And you're just going to warm it up. You're obviously not going to give it scalding. You're just going to warm it up a little bit. You add a teaspoon of honey. We have a whole recipe on our website for it. But the turmeric combined with the honey is really powerful. So we, in our house, we just call it golden milk. If your kid is not into the turmeric or you're just not into using that, you can actually add a teaspoon of honey to really any tea that is safe for your kid or any warm beverage. Honey is such a amazing natural remedy to help with coughs and colds. So as long as your kid is over one, you can start using that. So everyone should just go out, get honey, have it around. If you have a kid over one, just put a teaspoon in any warm beverage. This might be a little bit of a dumb question, but... If kids are drinking cow's milk, is that congesting for kids when they have congestion? Such a good question. I actually think that's one of the most common questions I get about milk when kids are sick, especially with cold, like upper respiratory stuff. So if your kid is just naturally one that has a lot of mucus or you're battling that, then that this might be different. But for most kids, dairy milk can actually thicken the secretion a little bit, but it's not going to increase the volume. So if your kid tolerates it, go for it. If you find that giving them dairy-based milk actually makes the mucus worse, then do a plant-based milk in that time to switch it around. But it really is child-specific, truly. Adding honey and turmeric, that golden milk is fantastic. Sounds so good. Yeah, we've been putting honey in Liv's tea and that's our favorite thing this week, but we'll have to do the turmeric milk. That sounds so good. Okay. What about sore throats? That's something that all three of our kids woke up with in the middle of the night. Well, Luca and Liv did. They pointed at their throat and Liv said, I have a really sore throat. We had this awesome honey throat spray. Yeah. Beekeepers Naturals. Yep. That was it. (laughs) So good. And that really helped. But if you have any other recommendations, that would be helpful. Totally. So Beekeepers Naturals makes this great spray that you can use. There are some like kids, you know, type of suckers that you can give them. But honestly, honey, doing that warm drink with honey in it is so helpful. So because of that antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties of it, it just helps coat the throat and really can help them. Okay. Would you ever give them like a tiny spoonful of it? 
Yeah, you can actually do honey straight. So if you have a kid over one, so under one honey, you can't do because of the risk of botulism. Their gut is just not as developed yet. So you want to stay away from honey. But for any kid over one, you can just even do a spoonful of honey and coat that whole area. Totally fine and actually really effective. Okay, why is it so much worse at night? Always. And that's when I feel the most helpless also. And symptoms just seem so amplified. 100%. Right. It's the middle of the night when everything happens, when your pediatrician office isn't open, you feel like the symptoms get worse at night with coughs and colds for sure. Gravity is working against them. So it's basically all that mucus just sits there. So any remedy that we just talked about, it's always best to do it before bedtime because then you know gravity is working against them. So you're kind of powering them up to help as much before you put them down. But I think everything in parenting, it's like the sun goes down and just everything gets worse, right? (laughs) Sleep worked well during the day, then your sleep training and night comes around. It's always when the sun goes down, but do the remedies right before they go to bed. It's always those times when I'm Googling up in the middle of the night and I know I'm not supposed to Google because then you can go down rabbit holes, but that's when I just, I forget everything that I've ever been taught. And like I said, symptoms are so amplified. But even the other night, I was like, I put a washcloth on the back of Atlas's little neck because he was so hot. He had a 103 degree fever. Again, I Googled like how high is too high of a fever? When should I be concerned? (laughs) Even though, you know, I feel like I know these things and it just all goes out the window. But I had a, a washcloth on the back of his neck after I'd given him some Tylenol. And And I was like, wait a second. I started questioning that too. Is this okay to do? Is this okay to put a a cold washcloth on the back of his neck? Like what is wrong with me? I questioned everything. We're thrilled that this episode is brought to you in part by the amazing team at Girlfriend Collective. Girlfriend Collective is our new favorite activewear line. I mean, I'm telling you right now, the top trend of 2020 and 2021 that we are never dropping is that it's socially acceptable to wear activewear whenever and wherever, and we are sticking to that trend. Jeans for day-to-day are just so overrated as a mom. I mean, who doesn't want to find clothes that still feel like PJs, but also make you look put together and feel confident? Girlfriend Collective makes the cutest and most comfortable clothing. It's sustainable, ethically made activewear for everyone. We honestly love everything about this company and their mission. They make cute and comfortable bras, leggings, shorts, tees, swimsuits, and more. And their sizing is inclusive, ranging from extra, extra small to 6XL because they know health and wellness comes in many shapes and sizes and that representation matters. We're obsessed with their leggings. They're squat proof. They come with pockets, which we all know are essential and are beyond comfortable and cute. They have different levels of support, whether you want compression or comfort, and they come in the cutest colors from basics to brights. They use ethical manufacturing, recycled material, and never put their bottom line before what's best for the planet, which we just love. Join the collective today and feel good about what you buy and comfortable in what you wear. For the listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is offering first-time customers $25 off purchases of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash full. That's $25 off first-time purchases of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash full. Now let's get back to the conversation. So some of the questions that I was asking, one was, are they okay to sleep by themselves with a fever? Like I just felt like I just wanted him close to me. If anything happened, if things were to escalate, what are kind of the rules with that? I mean, everything happens in the middle of the night and we're so concerned, right? When we're not 
we don't have the resources all the time of knowing like what's normal, what's not. And so you can get in that kind of tailspin. The first thing I want to say is if you ever have the impulse to call your pediatrician, that's really what they're there for. Even if they say there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, you can always get that reassurance because sometimes that's all we need to feel more confident and help our kids. They're used to getting calls all the time because they deal with sick kids. So anyone listening, if you're embarrassed to call your pediatrician, but you're concerned, listen to your parent gut in that moment, you can always call. The thing with fevers to remember is that they're actually, you know, a fever that's too high, like a fever over 104, ask your pediatrician what it is, but a very high fever. Yes. You need to treat it. You need to contact your pediatrician. There's no question. Or if you have a kid under two months, always contact them. But fevers naturally are our body's way of fighting some sort of infection. And so knowing that some sort of lower grade fever in there, that's just your kid's ability to fight it off. And in those middle of the night, your kid is fine to sleep in their, you know, crib. But if you have any moment where you're just like, I'm just a little concerned to walk away, or I don't really want to do that, sleep in the room that night. If you have that instinct, you got to listen to that instinct. So true. One of the most important things is when you stop listening to this podcast, when it's over, go get a reliable thermometer. So ear thermometers are just notoriously inaccurate. So parents will say like, okay, I tried it and it was like a hundred. And then I tried it two minutes later and it's 104 and now it's back to 101. So the most accurate ones are the underarm ones. We have some on the website, but just get an accurate thermometer because that way, when your kid does get sick, you're not scrambling in that moment or questioning, is this fever a real fever or not? And then just what about Tylenol and Motrin? Like, do you have a preference? Which one do you start with? We've been alternating Tylenol and Motrin because Atlas's fever has been pretty consistent the last four days. Mm -hmm. And we're about to go to the the pediatrician actually this afternoon. But perfect timing for this episode. I know. So yeah, you can alternate Tylenol and Motrin. Ask your pediatrician. They'll give you, they should like give you a printout sheet. I always say ask for that so that you know the dosing guide, like know exactly what you dose based on your kid's age and weight. So Motrin should not be used for kids under six months. So over six months, they'll usually recommend that you can alternate it. You can use Tylenol. If it doesn't bring it down, you can go to Motrin um, and alternate them around, but ask your pediatrician for that guide. So you have it before your kid gets sick so that in the middle of the night, it's not like you have to call your pediatrician for dosing recommendations. It's already up there in your emergency cabinet, whatever it is, you know exactly what to do. Which illness should we talk about next? Let's do stomach viruses. (laughs) This summer, I know Liv had a something. I don't know what it was, but when she was throwing up, you helped us so much. So let's just talk through that. Good. So I think this is the one few, this is one of the few topics that our intuition steers us in the wrong direction. So when your kid's throwing up, we immediately think we want to make sure they're hydrated. So we push these fluids and sometimes we push it too hard and too soon that it actually makes the vomiting worse. So what to do? Always talk to your doctor. Most vomiting is a viral infection. So it's always good to keep them in the loop. But the general approach is to not give your kid any liquids or food for 30 to 60 minutes after throwing up. So waiting won't make them dehydrated, but it really gives their bellies some time to just recover and rest. So it's after 30 to 60 minutes where they've stopped throwing up, they're not throwing up. That's when it's calmed down. That's when you can slowly start to do fluids. So I love a teaspoon at a time. So just give a teaspoon every couple minutes. As you see that they tolerate it, then you can start ramping it up. 
foods or solids are just so much less important during those short periods of vomiting or diarrhea. So you can always adopt a fluid of first approach is what I say. After they start tolerating those small amounts, you can always start to move up to more fluids and then food, but slow approach. This episode is brought to you in part by Everlywell, and we're so excited to have found Everlywell, and we couldn't think of a better sponsor for today's episode. Really take a moment to answer this question. How are you feeling today? If the answer is anything less than great, it's time to learn more and demand better from your body. I think so many of us just accept that we don't feel great, and it's just not the way it should be. We need to understand our body and Everly Well is here to help you take back your health and well-being with at-home lab tests that are affordable and give you the trusted results you need. They have so many different tests to choose from, from thyroid testing to sleep and stress and so many more, and they're all so simple. So how do they work? They ship your tests straight to your door with everything you need for a simple sample collection. You then return the test to a CLIA certified lab with a prepaid shipping label. And then your doctor reviewed results and insights are sent to your device in just days. Honestly, it could not be easier. And it is so nice to be able to take control of your health on your own time at your own convenience. I just did the sleep and stress test because who isn't having sleep and more stress right now? And it's amazing. It's so simple from collecting the sample to sending it in and understanding your results. And it's honestly just so empowering to learn about your health in such a convenient way. I now want to do all of their tests. And for listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off at-home lab tests at everlywell.com slash full. That's everlywell.com slash full for 20% off your at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash full. Try it out. Let us know how you like it. Let's just talk about different ages because, you know, there's Atlas versus Live or newborn versus a two-year-old. I know that's a little age gap, but there's obviously a difference. Totally. Okay. So this is actually simple. So the approach is going to be simple. It's going to be the same across all ages in the general principle, which is small, you know, you're going to wait until they stop throwing up and then you're going to do small amounts slowly. But so if you have a formula fed baby under one formula fed, nothing, no solids or liquids for 30 to 60 minutes after they throw up. Once you're past that point, you can give them some oral rehydration. So one teaspoon, every few minutes, you can do something like Pedialyte or a naturally made oral rehydration drink, something like that. And then once they've gone four hours with throwing without throwing up, then resume their formula. Breast milk is similar. So nothing for 30 to 60 minutes after throwing up, then you can actually offer breast milk in smaller quantities in a shorter period of time. So just think about it as like small sips from the bottle really frequently. You can also, you know, freeze formula or breast milk and do like little popsicles or ice cubes for them. Once they've gone four hours, you can resume normal breastfeeding. For those older kids, so anyone over one, it's the same thing, nothing for 30 to 60 minutes, but then you can offer them a oral rehydration drink. So whether that's the naturally made one that we have on our website or Pedialyte or, you know, ginger ale, popsicles, anything like that, one teaspoon every few minutes and increase gradually. And then once they start to feel hungry, that's when you can start feeding them. But you don't have to just think just strictly brat, which I think we'll get into. So once they've been normal and they haven't been throwing up for 24 hours, you're good to go. You can resume everything normal. I know that you said not necessarily brat. What can we feed them? And 
Olivia seems very well versed in the brat diet because whenever Tyler has a hangover, <laughs> usually every few months, she'll go in and tell him she'll, it's like she's Dr. Liv and she goes in and she's like, okay, daddy, we can't drink alcohol anymore. And you need to eat toast and bananas. And I forget what else she says. <laughs> very strict about her brat diet. So tell me about this, not necessarily brat. Totally. Gosh, I love Dr. Liv. It's the cutest thing. (laughs) So number one, fluids. You want to have a fluids first approach. So just small frequent sips, because if you think about an illness, I think this is something that we don't think about. But if you think about really any of the illnesses we're talking about, fevers, diarrhea, vomiting, you're losing fluid. And so you need to just replace that fluid. So hydration is key. When we're thinking about hydration, you want to really think about anything but plain water because plain water is just, it's not going to really help them get rehydrated. So the first things I like to think about is, you know, like we talked about Pedialyte or an oral rehydration drink. You can do the turmeric milk or you can do a smoothie or a shake. I really like that because you can kind of add in a little more nutrition in there coughs and colds. It's really nice to do just like a warm beverage broth or some sort of caffeine-free tea or popsicles, anything like that. So now for food. So a lot of times we crave those bland foods, right? What Dr. Liv is saying, right? Is bananas. Brat stands for bananas, rice, applesauce, and toast. So sometimes they crave that and you can totally do that, but you don't need to feel limited by that. So if they're craving bland items, keep it up. You can do crackers, you can do soup, you can do toast, something that's not too fibrous. So if you're thinking about bread or something, you don't want to give like a bread that's got 10 grams of fiber in it of just something that would be too heavy on their stomach. Dave's bread has this white bread. It's called like white bread done, right? So it's not really white bread. Uh, It's got more whole grains in it. So it's a little more nutritious, but just don't feel limited smoothies, shakes, things like that are great. And they really help get a little extra nutrition and kind of some anti-inflammatory stuff in them. Okay. And then what can we do when our toddler or older child is getting sick just to nip it in the bud or hopefully Mm. nip it in the bud? So these are things I want you guys all to have because they're just, like you said, it's a domino effect. Honestly, your kid is acting normal. And then two hours later, they come home and it's just all of a sudden the illness hits. So- It's instant, right? They go from zero to a hundred. So elderberry syrup is great. You've probably heard about that. It's becoming more popular. What it really does is it helps with immunity. So it's been proven to actually shown to reduce the symptoms and shorten the duration. So it's not going to prevent your child from getting sick, but at that first sign, when you first see your child sick, give them some elderberry syrup because what it'll do is it'll just make it less severe and shorten it. Should we be giving them elderberry syrup just during these months of cold and flu season? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. So I say like, if you're, if you know that there's an outbreak of some sort of illness at preschool or their school, you can do it, but usually just wait for that first sign. Or if someone in the house, like you see Liv get sick, okay, then you can start Luke on elderberry syrup because it's not going to prevent them from getting it. It's just going to make it less severe. Okay, good to know. Then the other magical one is vitamin D. So vitamin D3 and K2. Mary Ruth's has my favorite. It's a liquid spray that you can do. That helps boost the immune system. So having these things on hand, the second you see it, make, you know, you can give it to them. Vitamin D is something you can talk to your pediatrician, but that's something that you can do during just this cough and cold flu season to keep their immunity up. So talk to your pediatrician about the amount, but I love that. And I love the liquid spray. Okay. 
Now, what about us as parents? What are things that we can always have on hand so that we are staying the healthiest that we can? Because if we go down, the ship goes down. Totally. So the same things as your kids, vitamin D, elderberry for your kids and for you, probiotics. So keeping a good gut health has been clinically shown to help decrease severity and onset of illness. So we can put the probiotics on our website that we like, but I think for parents and kids, that's great. And then the one that's so obvious, but, and we all know now because of COVID is hand washing toddlers are just not good at washing their hands. It's just, it's really hard to do. So anytime you can bring that suds to go with you, which is just a water bottle that's got some soap and water in it, washing your hands well, showing your kids how to do that is great. And then vitamin C. So vitamin C is actually not something, especially for our kids that we have to take a supplement for because it is so readily available in food. So I like to break this down because I think this sometimes blows my mind even thinking about it. You can give a high amount of vitamin C to your kid from the smallest amount of things. So two strawberries, enough vitamin C for the day. A half of a small orange, enough. A couple strips of broccoli or bell pepper, enough vitamin C. So it's not something you would have to supplement with your kids or for yourself necessarily. Just start eating those types of foods. So berries, bell peppers, oranges, tangerines. I love that fact. That kind of puts it into perspective. Right. I think sometimes we think that they need so much more than they do. And it is a whole lot less, especially with vitamin C. But I think like the take-home point for any of us is that when you you want to keep them hydrated, they're losing fluid, but then you just want to just do simple things. What they're craving, you can give them that food and just try to make it so it's not so fibrous, not so high in fiber, but you know, you can do smoothies with fruits and vegetables in it and certain things like that to help kind of boost their immunity before they get sick and then when they do get sick. Mm-hmm. So many good tips. There are so many things that we can do to support our kids through this that just aren't talked about enough. And I, when you start using it, you're going to be like, I cannot believe how much this helps their symptoms. It makes us feel better. It makes them feel better. So try it. Yeah. Well, thanks for bearing with me today on this episode. I feel like I'm not functioning. I'm so tired. I mean, but how could you function? I would not be functioning either. It's like, even though I wake up and then I get ready and I'm finally like, okay, let's do this. By the end of the day, I'm like, all right, I'm okay. Then nighttime comes and I'm continually not getting the rest. And I think it's just compounded after six nights and I'm toast. Totally. And you are a rock star. So thanks for recording this because I I hope that this gives everyone the confidence to kind of tackle this because it's definitely a cold and flu season coming on hot and heavy. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box you can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you. And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.